Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Greetings, listeners. You're back where it's at with the winning talk show that hits the roof with the truth and the floor with much more. This is Tanisha Baker, and you're listening to Talking with T, the show designed with you in mind to keep you educated, empowered, enlightened, and of course, entertained. It's September 19th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, talk show host Jimmy Fallon, actress Shanae Latham, country singer Trisha Yearwood, and actor Columbus Short. On this date in history, Booker T. Washington opens Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. The Mary Tyler Moore Show first appeared on CBS, and Jackie Robinson is named Rookie of the Year in 1947. This coming Thursday is the first day of fall, but it feels very much like summer. And you should know by now that the theme for this month is Slayed in September. You are encouraged to slay each day by putting your best foot forward and moving toward your goals with confidence and determination. Shut down doubters and haters and sashay as you slay. Embrace your beauty and amp up your attitude. Slay as you sway, slay each day with energy, and slay each day with excellence. I challenge you to send me pictures or call in and share how you or someone you know slays it in September. I'll be on the lookout to share those that slay each day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now, we'll hop right into our happy highlights. Our first happy highlight is about Maryland school bus driver, Renita Smith, who saved 20 children from a burning bus last Monday. The fire completely destroyed the bus, but before it did, Miss Smith took each of the children one by one off the bus to safety and then re-entered the bus just to make sure no one was left behind. Smith said she is a mother with two kids and that it is her job to save the children. The next happy highlight is about 89-year-old Fenicio Sanchez, who has been selling popsicles in Chicago's Little Village neighborhood for as long as anyone can remember. Joel Cervantes Macias was so moved by the hard-working Sanchez that he pulled over and took a photo. He bought 20 popsicles for $50 and drove away. Macias expressed that seeing the man work so hard when he should be enjoying his retirement, broke his heart. So he posted his picture on Facebook and started a GoFundMe page for the elderly Sanchez seeking $3,000. Within hours, supports from all over the world started pouring in, and within three days, the account had more than $260,000. Now we'll turn our attention to our Monday Minute Quick Bits. A lot is going on in the news right now, and we will start with Tracy Ellis Ross, who becomes the first black woman in 30 years to receive the Best Comedy Actress Emmy nomination. New Jersey College student Sherelle Locklear committed suicide after William Patterson University failed to investigate her rape. Her mother has now filed a lawsuit blaming the school for her daughter's death. Again, I am disturbed 
by the rape culture that continues to exist and the recent frequency of this occurrence on college campuses. 18 African-American pilots are asking the Congress and U.S. Department of Justice to launch a federal investigation into the hiring, promoting, training, discipline, diversity, and equal employment practices of United Airlines. Kara K. Israel resigned from her position as a first grade teacher at Pleasant Ridge Elementary School here in Knoxville, Tennessee this past February after working with Knox County Schools since 2004. She originally had been suspended for the possible violation of a drug-free workplace policy. Then, this past June, she pleaded guilty to a charge of sexual battery by an authority figure. It is reported that she had sexual contact with a teenage boy between August and October of 2015. This type of story is happening way too frequently in the news and I am still perplexed as to how these sex offenders keep winding up in our school system. Then, along those same lines, we had another pastor also involved in a sex scandal as David Donald Hoppenjohn was arrested during a sex sting called Operation Undertow. The 52-year-old pastor was among 22 adults arrested for using the internet to solicit sex with children. The mother of Sandra Bland, who died last summer in a Texas jail after a traffic stop, has reached a $1.9 million settlement in her wrongful death lawsuit. The New York City police officer, who used a chokehold on Eric Garner for selling loose cigarettes, has earned over $20,000 in overtime pay while on desk duty in the two years since the incident occurred, according to the New York Daily News. A football team on a charter bus from North Carolina crashed traveling to Fayetteville. The bus was carrying 46 college students. And sadly, four people died and 42 were transported to the hospital. It is reported that the front left tire blew, causing the bus to travel out of control onto the median. This is truly an accident, but scary nonetheless. There were family members of the team following the bus and they witnessed the crash. A Kentucky mother, Attica Scott, recently complained about a new school policy that banned natural hairstyles. She felt the styles described were mainly targeted at black students. The ban included styles such as dreadlocks, twists, cornrows, and afros higher than two inches. After attempting to reach the school with no success, Attica Scott, who is a Kentucky state legislator, voiced her concerns on social media, which drew a lot of attention, including that of the school, who has since changed the policy. Nonetheless, the intent was still there, in my opinion, to target a population and minimize the acceptance of their natural appearance. Keep it where it's said I'll be right back after we hear To My Day by Maurice Carmen.
it happened over 15 years ago. And, you know, everybody can pretty much remember where he or she was at the moment the terrorists hit the World Trade Center and subsequently uh, the other areas where there were attacks. So, again, it's like pulling a a scab off a wound that hasn't really quite healed yet. Right, right. I think that's a good way to describe it. So uh, let's move on, Jay, since you're speaking up to your story for this week. All righty. So the Internet has recently been shut down, and I put that in air quotes, with the new hashtag Teacher Bay from Atlanta educator Patrice Brown, whose outfit and selfies posted on Instagram have generated a whole lot of controversy. And Brown has been criticized for wearing outfits that some have deemed inappropriate because, needless to say, Miss Brown is a very shapely and very curvy woman, and the outfits that she is pictured wearing on many of the sites that are reporting the story are very form-fitting, okay? So, of course, there was some concern over the appropriateness of her outfit, given the fact that she works with fourth-grade students, and there was some debate over whether she was a an actual teacher or a paraprofessional, which the Atlanta public school system later confirmed that she was a paraprofessional. Now, the Atlanta public school system also said that Brown had received guidance over professional attire and gave her some examples of what would be deemed professional for teachers and also gave her advice as to how she should portray herself on social media. And after looking at the pictures, I will admit that some of the some of the outfits are very form fitting. But needless to say, I hardly think that they are inappropriate. Most of them hit at the knee. Of course, they were very fitted, but she's a very shapely African American woman. So I don't know whether people expect her to dress in paper sacks or petticoats or what. But <laughs> interestingly enough, I saw on Facebook where a Facebook user posted a picture of a Caucasian woman wearing an equally as form-fitting dress next to a picture of Miss Brown. And it goes without saying that on the non-African-American woman, her curves were very defined in a black dress. So I, there's there's no real hiding of genetics. And people, again, have said that her outfits were inappropriate, but other people, on the other hand, have said, well, as long as students are doing well and are performing well academically in Ms. Brown's class, whether she's an actual teacher of record or a paraprofessional, what she has on doesn't matter as long as it is not, you know, causing a distraction. And again, from an educator's perspective, and as a man, I don't see where what she has on uh, in a lot of these pictures is inappropriate. And granted, after being in the profession for 17 years, I've seen teachers who have been teaching for several years dress a lot less inappropriately than what Ms. Brown has on. So, again, I don't know what they expect her to wear. I mean, they may as well tell her that, you know, she needs to follow the 1919 rules of education where she's expected to like the stove in the classroom 
every morning before the children arrive and she can't be sitting <laughs> down at ice cream parlors in the afternoon. <laughs> I just want but, to know what, I just want to know what fourth grader had their phone out taking pictures of her. Well, she was taking selfies in her class. Yeah. And right. the, the, the problem would become if she was taking selfies with students in the room while instruction was supposed to be going on. And again, the pictures that I've seen, she's taking pictures in the room and there are no students present. Now, if the students are working and she's tooting it up and snapping a selfie, then okay, <laughs> I could see the problem because she's not doing her job as an educator, as a professional, because she's too busy being cute for the grant. But I'm presuming that since there were no students in any of the pictures that I've seen uh, where she's, you know, giving us the outfit of the day, I'm presuming that this is on her free period, her planning period, or while the kids are at their various special classes or whatever, which I would think that many other educators would not have a problem with you know, again, as long as there are no students present and she's supposed to be walking around or about the business of instruction. So uh, I'm interested to hear what the rest of our listeners have to say about hashtag teacher bay. I am teacher as bay. well. And, yeah, so listeners, remember, you can call area code 865-409-1170 and share your opinions about Teacher Bay and the form-fitting dress that was worn by Miss Brown, um, who works with fourth-grade students. So I'm going to just add my two cents, not that it's worth much. Number one, it would be rather difficult to hide her curves, regardless of what she has on. I mean, she's shapely, and so she's just gifted with that. However, I can see where... Some of the outfits seemed a little bit on the edge of club attire, and that's my opinion. Of course, I'm at least a couple of decades older than her, and so I'm sure that our sense of fashion is just very, you know. But she doesn't look ragged, so I didn't have a major problem with it. And like I said, it'd be hard to hide her curves. So, again... I do want to throw out there, however, everybody can't wear everything. There are some outfits that will look professional on one person and then look rather shabby on someone else. It's just going to be due to the nature of your build, your size, etc. It's just like selling a bikini in a size 4X. I mean, I really just don't think that that's meant to be. So I think we all just need to use our discretion and professional intelligence based on the environment in which we're working and try to adhere to the expectations of that. However, one thing that is kind of crazy about all of this is that we spend so much time or had a lot of time to devote to this controversy when obviously there are a lot of other things going on in the news. But Again, listeners, you can call and give your opinion by calling 865-409-1170. So we're going to jump right in with P.I. Pam, lead investigator and instigator, as she shares a couple of stories that fall right into the crazy crime. Hello, everyone. The first story is crazy. If anybody is a fan of Lifetime Show Bring It, then you know exactly who I am talking about. I'm talking about the Memphis coach 
of the infamous dancerette, John Connor. And everybody knows him. He's witty. He's funny, whatever. But recently he is has been arrested for rape and criminal exposure charges and also not disclosing to the minor that he was HIV positive. So let me back up and tell you exactly how this all um, unfolded. It happened last year, but the charges were recently brought up. So he meets a young man online, 16 years old. They talked about him where? He met him online. Oh, okay. Online. (laughs) He met him online. 16 year old old boy. And they talk, Mm -hmm. you know, back and forth, you know, send a couple pictures, send a couple texts. They decide to meet up. So they meet up. They have unprotected sex in the car a few times, but not once did he disclose that he was HIV positive. So the victim was 16. Connor is 26. So this has been going on for a year, investigating. They have recently arrested him and had him with all these charges. So just keep in mind that still he knew that he was about to get arrested because a few weeks ago he decided he was going to kill himself. He took two bottles of pills didn't work, and he said he took them because of his HIV status. But, you know, it seems kind of fishy that it would come right around the time that he's about to get arrested, that it was going, went through the grand jury and all that, because everyone knows that takes a little time. Despite all the evidence against him, he is still professing his innocence and stated that he's the one that turned himself in once he realized that he had warrants against him. So I don't know what adult parents would let their child still work with him because he is determined that he's still going to coach, you know, dance classes. So I don't know who would want their child around him now, even with the allegations. I'm a little confused. Let's back up. Now, he's professing his innocence of what? Uh, The statutory rape or having HIV or both? No, he said that he has HIV. He's professing his innocence on having sexual relations with this boy. Even though okay. the boy they have they have got all the text messages, all the pictures. So how everything. did so how did it come to light? Did the boy turn him in or his parents or what happened? How did it all come Because you said it's been going on for a year, right? Yeah, it's been going on a year. There were allegations. The boy told his okay. parents and there were allegations of it. So they've been investigating and trying to get evidence. Um oh. I think they were waiting. They was checking. You know, you check your blood every six months or whatever. He hasn't came back that he's HIV positive yet. So, you know, they check your blood every six months. So they were doing that. And then they had they built up enough evidence that they could actually press charges on him, went to the grand jury. And so that's where it came out, you know, this week that he was arrested for for that. And it's just by the grace of God, I guess, that the little boy didn't get HIV. He doesn't have it yet. So this happened in Memphis, in Jay's neck of the woods. Right, right. And to throw a little local spin uh, on that story, there was an interview that was done with Coach John, or whatever he calls himself, uh, with his mother on local media here. And the mother is still holding fast to the fact that her son, her son has done nothing but good for this particular young man. And she says that uh, her son bought this young man clothes, and it's merely a case of jealousy uh, on the young man's part. So there's a whole lot that's going on with this story. 
that still got the city reeling, more or less. All right. Well, I'm just going to say this. It's suspicious when an adult man takes a peculiar liking to man, um, and the age difference there is about 10 years. And I don't know why he would pick one man, young man to start buying things for and showing special attention. Then give your money, your time, your resources to a charity that benefits more. You know, or if you're in a possibly where you are mentoring young people, may have one that you, you know, buy a pair of shoes or you help them out. But you're talking about a year-long relationship of showing particular attention to this one boy and then I mean, you know, a mother is a mother, and I can't denounce her loyalty to her son, but if they have this much evidence through text messages and pictures, I'm just curious as what she feels about that type of exchange or interaction between her son and this other young boy. So, I mean, just if you can, stay on top of the story, because I would be curious to see how this all unfolds in the end. But for now, he's been arrested and he's been charged with, one, he said statutory rape, and then not revealing that he was HIV positive. So. Yes, he was charged with criminal exposure to HIV, soliciting sexual exploitation of a minor, and statutory rape by an authority figure. Well, there you have it. So, Pam, you had another story for us? Yes, I do. Um, my next story is about... Two Kansas State University students who have been expelled for wearing the blackface on a Snapchat post from September 13th. Now, you would think that, oh, they just had a black mask on their face, you know, girls clowning around, and that would be fine. But the issue was that when they threw up Westside and stated, it feels good to finally be a N-word. So... After, you know, it don't, it doesn't take. I'm gonna need you, Pam, I'm gonna need you to pause for a second. Okay, on Snapchat, these two, now we, let's clarify, these are two white girls. These are two. And they had um, on some type of, I think they said L'Oreal beauty mask. Yeah, L'Oreal. Okay, alright. And that's fine. But then they're throwing up West Side signs, like a gang sign or a, location sign to mark a territory. You talking about that kind of sign? Yeah, that kind of sign, like West Side. Okay. And then they said it feels good to be the N-word. They said it feels good to finally be a N-word. Now, let's break that statement apart. When you say it feels good to finally be something, it seems like that's something you've been striving for for a while. Am I correct? Um, yeah. Professor true. Jay? True. That, that's okay. true. Mm-hmm. So it seems like just by what they said that this is something that they sought after. I mean, they've had to have some type of distance admiration or some distant admiration because they're throwing up signs, which I'm assuming they feel like that equates to being the N-word. And then, of course, there which would have been innocent masks have now turned into what we call blackface. So what happened? Go ahead, Pam. Just go ahead. Um, yes, and of course the image right. spread like, okay, of course the image spread like wildfire. Eventually it made its way to Facebook, and then students from Kansas State got a hold to it. 
So they report it to the school. And, of course, the school investigates, looks into it, you know, talks to the two young ladies. And their explanation was, and I quote, this is from Paige Shoemaker, one of the assailants. That's what we'll call her. She said, we want people to know that this is not blackface. We did not paint our faces intentionally. Hmm. Let's stop right there. So who 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 painted their face then? If they didn't do it, okay. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm ready. Well, she I said, took I it mean, to mean. <laughs> I mean, I took it to mean that they were <laughs> they were putting a mask on, and then so the original intent from the beginning wasn't to go ahead and make a mockery of the african-american race but once they had it on then they turned it to that direction so um yes never right never and this you still, said, still. it's retarded this you yes. said i mean not that this is a good thing that kind of that that word kind of happens in our friend group because we know that everyone is calm we're a big family so that word does not offend anyone in our group and i bet a dollar to a donut that there are no black people in that group. What group? The Snapchat group? Yeah, that little group oh, okay. that they talk among. You know, she says well, the inside they, joke. You know, they all, well, yeah. But what they fail to realize, and even sometimes I think we forget this too, all white people aren't racist. And there are white people yeah. that are offended by racist attitudes and behaviors and just intentional disregard for our culture and our presence here in this country. So they thought maybe they weren't offending anybody just because there weren't any black people in the group. But there are other people that are offended by racist acts as well. And furthermore, the picture was posted on Snapchat with the caption. Now, and we all know how quickly folks can screenshot things and Mm -hmm. send them out to everybody and their mama. And the thing is, she was pre-med so she's not a dummy so she was pre-med which leads me to what's become of these two young ladies yeah she was expelled from the university the other young lady had no affiliation with the university but she was expelled so she essentially threw her future away for something real stupid yeah for 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 real stupid just you know i'm not sure that you know any university would go for it you know, something like that. You know, they don't want that them to be labeled. If they would have let it slide, then, you know, that would have been worse on them. So they had right, no right. choice but to them. Well, she said it was a joke, an inside joke, just meant to be funny. But we'll see who gets the last laugh since now she's expelled from her university. All right, well, that's it for this bit. And as always, I've enjoyed having Professor J and P.I. Pam on today's show. Can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. Be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues and your call may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is area code 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170. 
Once you call, you'll receive instructions on how to proceed. Also make note that I am always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists, and I look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. As we strive to take Talking With T to the next level, your feedback is important. Please, please take a moment and write a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however you tune into the show. Your reviews will help boost the show. This will help secure sponsors and move us forward. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It is impossible to highlight all that goes on in the news, but there are daily posts on all of the social media outlets to keep you informed. Remember that you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, or TuneIn Radio, as well as Google Music. But new shows drop each Monday, and don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. We would really appreciate your support by liking and commenting on social media, as well as writing reviews wherever the opportunity permits itself. On that note, I'll end with a quote. The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. Mark Twain. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Teeth.